So you saw, I think, I think it's the U.S. Senate has passed the Marrakesh Treaty. Yeah. yeah. So oh, I, no, I didn't think it's just that. waiting for the president's signature now. Oh, good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? That's right. People want to read? <laughs> trying to build a wall. I got problems of my own. This is the AT Banter Podcast, a balanced and entertaining look at assistive technology, accessibility, and its importance in people's lives. Join Rob Minot, Ryan Flurry, and Steve Barclay as they banter with people around the world about anything and everything regarding assistive technology and the disability community. Now, on with the show. Hey, and welcome to another episode of AT Banter. Banter, banter. Uh, my name is Robin O, and uh, I am joined today by Mr. Steve Barkley. Hello! And Mr. Ryan Flair. Howdy. Y'all. Yeah. Thanks for coming, cowboy. <laughs> another week, boys. It is indeed. Episode 122, can you believe it? No, I, I, I really <laughs> we're can't. Almost, um, geez, you know, speaking of which, uh, we're going to have to, this is going to be our third annual Halloween uh, episode this this month. Yeah, I've tried lining up a special guest host as well. Oh, really? So this is so special of a guest <laughs> that I don't even know, Not I yet. Don't know well, about it. Waiting to hear back from him. Interesting. Mm. I wonder who it could be. <laughs> How, what, how, what possible Halloween themed <clears throat> guest could he be getting? Oh, maybe he's getting Frankenstein. No. That would be a boring fire bed. <laughs> Dracula? No. No, no Dracula either. The mummy. Oh, he's got the mummy. No, no really? Seriously? Like, who the wait and see if she goes back. Uh, well, but we'll have to come up with some, I don't know. And the time might change too. The topics. What do you mean? The t- like, oh, okay. Well, because it's a Monday. The 29th is a Monday. Okay. And that's the week of Halloween. Okay. And so since I'm not doing training, if she's available in the mornings, then I'll reschedule oh, for the morning. yeah. Okay. Instead of three o'clock. Have the tunnel of terror <laughs> built by then. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Are you going to do anything special for it this year, or it's, has it has it has it evolved over the over the years? I keep adding stuff to it, but uh, last year was a bit of a setback because everything broke. <laughs> <laughs> mm. I had some of my uh, motion activated stuff broke. I had my uh, smoke machine broke, so I got to get a new snow- smoke machine for this year because it was just not acceptable without smoke last year. <laughs> yeah. Gonna have to see if I can pick up some dry ice for just you know general purposes for you know around the the, the yard and stuff and make it spooky and misty. Hmm. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, anything in the news, Ryan? No, not that I saw. Wrong answer. Oh, was it? Okay, fill us in. Well, what about our, our good buddy Jonathan Moson? Didn't what, oh, what about that's that? right. Yeah, our buddy, friend of the show, Mister Jonathan Moson is leaving VFO, otherwise known as Freedom Scientific, and going to work for IRA. Yeah, another uh, another high-profile person uh, getting on with IRA. Yep. That's yeah. cool. They're lucky to have him. Absolutely. So do we know, what what's the what, what's, what's he going to be doing there? I think he's going to be the manager or vice president of the Australasia arm of IRA, so he'll be traveling to Australia, New Zealand, and I guess Asia. Wait, doesn't he live in... Where, where He's does in he New live? Zealand. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And looking after 
you know, development and, yeah. and getting the word out about IRA and how it can change your life. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, the IRA is really growing. They're, they're yep. really growing and building and, and evolving. So they're certainly the, the ones to watch, eh? Mm-hmm. Trays beans. Uh, I saw that I think the U.S. Senate has signed off on the Marrakesh Treaty. Oh, really? So yeah. I think they're just waiting for the president's signature now, and that'll pass. Mm, yeah, well, maybe. <laughs> yeah, he'll probably come back demanding that He's the name be changed. Why did they call it the Marrakesh Treaty? I'm the one signing it in Washington. What's well, a Marrakesh? <laughs> they should call it the Trump Treaty. <laughs> oh, jeez. I'm only signing it. That's uh, so true. To you, Trump supporters, I apologize. I don't know. He's got. He's, uh, we don't. Mega. <laughs> um, no, that. Well, that's that's good. I wonder how long that process will take, though. Yeah, I don't know. But that's good. It's so moving in the that's, right direction. Yeah, it's absolutely. Hey, Ryan. Ooh. What are we doing today? Today we are talking with Ryan Kostiak, who is a resident living at Inclusio. Hey, this is going to be great. Um, you're, tell the fine people. Uh, What's an inclusio? What is inclusio? <laughs> For those people who didn't hear that episode. Well, if they didn't hear that episode, I highly suggest they go back to our archives and listen to that episode. But inclusio is, I believe, the first of its kind fully accessible apartment building in Calgary. That's right. Yep. Uh, it was... Uh, I think, I think they have like 45 units, uh, shared common living spaces. They have a dining room, meal services. And yeah, every every apartment is uh, fully automated and completely accessible. So really, I mean, this is, a, is like not only the first of its kind uh, in Calgary, but I, I don't know. I, I, haven't, I haven't heard of anything like this uh, anywhere in Canada, really. Terrible. Bing bong. There was bing. There was a bong. There's a bong? There's a bong. Ooh. Hi, Ryan. Are you there? Oh, yes. Hi, Ryan. Hi. So glad you could join us. Oh, now two Ryans. That's right. <laughs> uh, we've doubled down. It's my pleasure to join. Uh, we're glad to have you. In the room with me, I have a couple of colleagues. I have Rob Minot. I'm a colleague, really? Hello. Hi, Rob. I call you a friend, but you haven't really reached friend status yet. Yeah, well, clearly. <laughs> and we have Steve Barkley. Hello. Hi, Steve. How's it going? Oh, not too bad. How are you guys? Oh, we're just skating by. <laughs> it's not snowing here yet, so we're happy. Yeah, we've had a little bit of wet snow. That's, you know, Alberta. Yep. Yeah, that's the, the price you pay for Alberta. Mm-hmm. But one of the advantages to living where you do, and we'll get into this, is you have a heated sidewalk out in front of the building. <laughs> yeah, it comes in. Well, I guess we haven't fully seen the benefit of it yet. Yeah. <laughs> Really winter, but that'll happen soon enough. That's right. All right, so let's uh, well let's dive into this because um, uh, I'm fascinated to hear your perspective uh, as a resident at Inclusio. Um, we were just talking before the mics came or b- before we brought you in that uh, you know we we talked to uh, uh, who'd we talk to from Accessible Housing? We spoke to Anita Hoffer. That's right. And we also spoke to your neighbor, Mike Dummer. Yes. Okay. And they kind of explained, you know, what it was like, you know, building, you know, building the residence and, and sort of all the technical details of it. But so it'll be interesting to hear sort of your side of things on, you know, what it's like living there day to day. But And how but, you got there. Yeah. So but before we do that, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? 
Yeah, um, I'm Ryan Kostiak. I'm 27. Um, I'm a quadriplegic affected by cerebral palsy, which basically just means that you had a stroke in the womb, but they don't call it a stroke because it's it's um, to do with the umbilical cord that you get the lack of oxygen, right? So it's um, so I guess what that more or less means is that like I I've got some mobility, like I can I have decent use of my hands and things like that. And I can stand and wait bear a little bit, but for the most part, I'm in my wheelchair 18 hours a day. Um, <clears throat> so then, yeah, I just, I kind of fell into hearing about the inclusio kind of, it was sort of a random thing. I mean, I, I just happened to make inquiries with the accessible housing society. I just said like, Oh, hi, my name's Ryan right now. I live at home with mom and dad, but I want to move out and be more independent. What are my options? And they were like, well, we're, we're building this new place called Inclusio. And it, in about maybe six or nine months, we're going to reach out to people who we think might be eligible. So I had sort of heard about them through just kind of making that little inquiry. And then sort of while all this was going on, um, Mike Dummer from Digital Lifestyles happened to um, purchase the house next door to us that was for sale, next door to my parents' place. And um, so eventually we kind of got to know one another a little bit. And a bunch of the neighbors were over at my parents' place for, for a little sort of party, I guess you could call it. And Mike just noticed that my sisters would always leave the TV remotes like on the couches. So it was like literally the most inconvenient thing in the world to try to reach the remote. And then Mike was like, you know, I can probably do something for you about that. Yeah, it's very cool. And I can relate, you know, I'm totally blind, Ryan, and my wife hides the remote on me all the time. So, so she really hide it though. <laughs> I'm assuming she's hiding it. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that sounds like a real nuisance. <laughs> so yeah, I might have to reach out to Mike. Have him have, have him develop me an app. <laughs> she's she's just trying to keep him off the pay per view porn. That could be too. Yeah. Well, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Right? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so, uh, what what was the um, application process like? Was it was it a long process? Was it a, a detailed process, or was it pretty painless? Well. Um, I would say that like compared to other bureaucracies, it's not bad, but compared to like everything else that's not so bureaucratic, it, it would be, you know, yeah, I hear you. somewhat like, I mean, they, they want like your doctor has to fill out this 10 page document that talks about like, they want to know a fair bit of your medical history and, and the medications. Well, actually, that's not strictly true. I don't think they, they wanted medical history, but it was the main thing that they look at for eligibility is a diagnosed disability of, of certain criteria, which the doctor has to verify. And then, um, you know, they want to know about what medications you're on. Do you need um, like a special diet because they need you to be medically stable, right? If, right? if you're somebody who needs like care from nurses, like Inclusio doesn't do that. It's all healthcare aids. So the idea is that in-house they just do like, you know, uh, dressing, showering, catheter stuff and, and 
I guess that's about it, really. I don't even know if they do feeding tubes, but that's sort of the main big part of the bureaucracy is sorting out all the, the medical legitimacy or eligibility requirements there. Right. Uh, now, how long have you been actually living there for? Um, I first came there uh, to Inclusio around, I think it was right at the end of March this year. Okay. So it's it's been a few months. Um, in all honesty, it's it's fabulous. Um, it's it's really just a great place because you know if it wasn't for something like this that existed, the alternative would be that you'd be living somewhere and you'd have to cook for yourself and clean for yourself. And that is just an enormously difficult task for someone with a disability, right? Like right. to be able to go to a grocery store, get a bunch of groceries, physically bring them home. Um, like we have people here at Inclusio who don't really need any assistance at all from the healthcare aides, but the like the food and the cleaning support is huge for them. Um, so that piece of the puzzle support wise is, is a big thing. So I'm going to assume that Inclusio probably had hundreds of people applying. So what were your feelings when you first found out that you were going to be moving in there? Well, my feeling was, as you say, it's, there's not going to be vacancies at this place once people settle in. So the reality is you are going to want to, if they've got a place for you and they're ready, jump on it now. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, it's, um, cause if I were to defer and say, oh no, I'm not ready. It could be seven years until uh, another place mm -hmm. opens, another suite opens up in the building. Right. So. Did you get to actually take a tour of the place before you moved in? I did. Yeah. yeah. And, um, I was really just, you know, pleased and stunned at how beautiful this place is. It's, you know, um, it's just the quality of the, you know, the, the tile in the bathroom and the kitchen, the, every, it's just such a, you know, it's cause a lot of these sort of, you know, low income type places, uh, as we all know, tend to be sort of, um, you know, shall we say, um, structures that are not in very good condition and they're in locations that aren't really, um, you know, yeah. sought after, so right. to speak, you know, everything's cheap. So, but here, um, the place is, it, it's got a really good, um, it, it's very central. It's, it's close to downtown. It's close to the university. So, um, for me going to U of C, it's, it's really ideal. I can just drive my power chair to and from school in 20 minutes and don't even need to use transit. So. Except when it's minus 40. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So for, for people who aren't familiar with, uh, Inclusio, can you, can you tell us a little bit about, um, what, what sort of amenities they offer that are unusual for a housing situation? Well, one of the big amenities that everybody's excited about is the fact that, um, <clears throat> so there's, you know, all this smart home stuff is, is 
starting to become more and more common. So what it is, is it's basically every suite has its own little Wi-Fi network with its own little smart hub built into it. And then like literally everything in the suite sort of interfaces with your, your smart home system, right? So what Inclusio did is they have, um, they, they use the smart home system offered by a company called URC. Um, and basically what it is, is it's, it's 45, well, 46 simultaneous um, automation systems, 46 smart, smart homes running underneath one roof. Um, so it's, it's, you know, um, I've got one of the, one of those Amazon Alexa smart speakers and I can just say, Alexa, raise the shades, Alexa lights out, Alexa, turn on the TV. Um, and then if, if you don't have that, it, it all interfaces with a, a smartphone as well, but it is sort of tedious to get out your phone to do all those little things, right? It's, it's the, sure. um, the voice automated option is, is certainly more convenient. Um, so, I mean, unfortunately the, there are issues as you can imagine with, um, you know, I say there's 46 separate systems, meaning that there's one for each resident and then, they have a common one to open and close like the doors to the building, like right. physically when you come in. Um, and it's, you know, I mean, one thing about it that is kind of tedious that makes it unreliable is that you've got so much traffic and so many Wi-Fi systems all running close together that, you know, that there is interference. Um, mm. And also the URC app, um, Initially, it was sort of finicky, like, um, you know, every time Apple or Android would issue an update to the smartphones, the URC app would quit working and you'd have to delete it and install it and set it up again. Oh, geez. Um, So it's, and, you know, I mean, we can all sort of see where this is going, right? That, you know, in 2018, you know, there aren't very many of these smart home app providers out there, but five, six, seven years from now, there'll be more and and the quality of the stuff will improve. And so it's almost as if what we are is sort of the, the first, the first man through the door with this new model of, of using this automation system to, to um, displace caregivers, right? Like if, if this, um, if all the smart home stuff wasn't available and there was no smart hub and no automated switches, a lot of people, you know, if you don't have use of your hands and you can't physically reach, what they used to do is they used to hire somebody that would come and it was their job to just go to everybody's rooms and turn lights off and on and turn TVs off and on. Um, but now we don't have to hire anybody to do that in the building right so it's 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 sort of a you know higher fixed cost at the beginning with getting all the infrastructure in place but then over the years once you have it going you know all the foregone wages that you don't have to fork out for labor to do that Uh, so it's 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 economical and uh sort of um i guess more 
empowering for us at the same time. Yeah, and what people need to realize too is that um, you know this technology is has come in an amazing, amazingly far um, distance in the past, you know, 10, 15 years, but it's still evolving. Uh, it's, it's getting better and better. Um, and that's just, that's even just the mainstream technology. I mean, Inclusio is run on these, um, you know, the, a proprietary um, system that, you know, that's, that's custom built by, um, uh, digital lifestyle. Yeah. You know, so, and it's, and it's fairly complicated and intricate to get all this stuff working together and, and working in the way that it needs to. That's, that's the thing to remember is that, that people need to remember the, we're not talking about just, you know, uh, you know, an Alexa or sorry, an echo that's, that's just plugged into a smart plug or something. Or, right. You know, th yeah. these are really super complicated, intricate systems. And, uh, but the technology is just getting better and better. So even in the next five years, we could be seeing that, um, the technology is better and the, the initial setup cost is, is more inexpensive. So hopefully we can see more developments like this, you know, coming forward. Oh, certainly. Um, and I mean, you know, it's, um, you know, I, I talked about the, you know, the fact that you ultimately it, it uh, means that you need to use fewer workers or fewer man hours to get somebody in there to change switches and stuff but um the other piece of it is that for somebody like me um like i have a decent amount of hand function right so um you know, as somebody like me, I would never need to, you know, contact one of the workers to, to turn a switch for me. But what that ultimately means is that you need like six square feet of space in front of every switch um, to be able to physically get your chair in there close enough to, to reach it, right? Right. So for, for the people that have a, a lower level of disability, what this thing becomes is it becomes a floor space optimization tool because um, the fact that you now don't have to worry about having all this space in front of all your switches means that you don't have to be anywhere near as strategic about where your bed is placed, where your desk is placed, where anything is placed. Um, and really that alone is a huge, huge quality of life thing, I think, because what almost always happens is, you know, we all collect more and more things. That's the nature of, of our society, right? And so, you know, we all sort of end up sort of pushing the boundaries of, of what can be permitted spatially. And then all of a sudden, you've got all the stuff in your room and you're trying to reach things. And then you've made holes in the drywall and you've scratched up all your furniture. <laughs> because the reality is, is you can't just space it all apart in such a way to make it that seamless for you to, you know, that there's always a huge margin of error when it comes to this stuff, especially after you've been drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. And, you know, I mean, I guess if you were really, really drunk and you, you could, you were just like, Alexa, open the door and you were like too wasted for it to hear you, then I guess that would be an issue. But the point is, is that it's, it's, um, it's just way more optimal, um, on that front. 
Yeah, actually, I've had that. I've had. I have a Google Home, and let me tell you, like Google is hard to say when you've after you've had some tequila shots. It becomes really, <laughs> it becomes challenging. That's why I'm thinking like I might actually have to get an Echo because it, it's just. Well, Google, Google. <laughs> the one thing I can tell you about, um, so I personally use an, an Alexa or an Echo, as they call it, but. Um, I would say it's probably about 50-50 in the building between like who chooses Echo and who chooses Google Home. And what there's sort of a general consensus that um, it's almost sort of like the Google Home is like a PC, you know, like it's overall, it's not quite as good, but there's more things you can do with it. Right. And the Echo is sort of like a Mac. All in all, it runs better. It's better at recognizing voice commands in general, but you can't do as many things with it. But having said that, the one thing that the Google Home does do better than the Echo is that um, if you've got any sort of like background noise going on in the room, the Google Home is way more resilient to still being able to pick out what you're saying if there's like a fan or, or something like that or right. even people talking. Um, whereas the Echo platform isn't quite as good at that. So Well, and Amazon just had a big announcement last week. There's a whole bunch of uh, new Echoes coming out very shortly here. So hopefully they've worked on that. Yeah, I mean, I have kind of found that... Um, you know, every once in a while, you you unplug it and do the the reset, and then I often find that when the when there's updates going into it, like afterwards, it is it is better at um, at at doing certain things. Like like there's certain phrases that it wasn't quite getting, and then it seems to do it better after the updates. So right. that's an encouraging sign for sure. Has your Amazon Echo locked you in your apartment? Uh, no, that hasn't happened as of yet, but I guess stranger things could happen. <laughs> I'm sorry, Dave. I can't do that. I can't let you out. <laughs> <laughs> Open the damn door, Alexa. <laughs> well, I got a few boxes of KD, so we'll be good until Monday morning when the staff get back into the office and they can figure it out remotely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. If Skynet ever happens, you're in trouble. <laughs> exactly. Um, so actually that, that, uh, makes me think of another question. So when, when you first moved in, was there, was there a level of, of customization for your particular space? Like, did they, was, was there any sort of, um, like was, was it just, a, a are all the apartment units pretty much the same or are, are they have different units for sort of different levels of, of assistive need? Well, actually, you'd think that the latter outcome of, of, you know, different units for different level of assistive need would be the case, but they've kind of, well, and this is one example of, of things not being perfect is that, you know, it, it's all the different suites are like, it's the same for everybody. There's no difference for level of assist, assistive need, but, um, so one example of of um, of that being an issue is that um, 
the countertops are all the same height, right? But what they did is they the countertops are quite high because they're designed for somebody who's in a really high power chair, right? Mm-hmm. Like those electric chairs, especially if they have tilt, um, the user is often seated far higher off the ground than a manual chair user. So for the power chair users, the countertops are a wonderful height, but for the manual chair guys, you know, you're, you're like reaching up higher than your shoulders sometimes to get to do things in front of your counter. Hmm. Um, so, and a lot of it is like, just, you know, the budget has to stop somewhere. Right. I mean, they, they put in, all kinds of things like the heated sidewalks and the, and the, uh, something else I was going to mention, but I I don't remember what it was, but anyway, it's, it's sort of one of those things where it's like, if they had height adjustable counters in every suite that would like add to the cost of building the place enormously. Right. So it's, um, it's just sort of one of those little, um, sort of, imperfections about you know the fact that we we all do have different mobility needs and consequently there's different logistical issues that are going to arise when everything is the same in every suite right you know and and a lot of the design of the building and you know and and i think the sort of the automated part of of inclusio is kind of the sexy part and that's kind of the part that that um, a lot of people have talked about, but I mean, there's also a level of just like basic um, universal design accessibility to the to the building, like things like the heated sidewalk or things like uh, the extra the extra wide hallways yep. that that will be able to fit power chairs. Um, yeah, those types of things those can all be lent to just design of of public buildings across the board. Um, and that's, you know, that's sort of, you know, part of the, the hope as well is that some of the lessons learned from, from um, buildings like this hopefully can be sort of transplanted to, to public spaces that are being built going forward. Yeah, and on that very issue, um, it's, it's sort of interesting, like Canadians sort of have this, this view of, of Americans that American society is, you know, not as egalitarian, you know, the fact that they don't have a publicly funded healthcare. Well, I guess they do now with Obamacare, although Trump's been talking about dismantling it, but yeah, that's, we don't, we don't even know where that stands at this point. Uh, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, um, so in Canada, we don't have a, a federal statute that, that sets out minimums for accessibility. Um, so each province kind of does their own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so in Alberta, we, they passed a law, I, I this probably was in the 1990s or early 2000s, that um, any building built before a certain year, I think it may have been 1982 or something, um, isn't required to renovate and make it all accessible, but any building built after that is is um, required by this law to you know put in an elevator or build a ramp to code you know with the one inch high for for one foot of length. But unfortunately, one of the issues is that 
a lot of this stuff isn't really enforced, meaning that like mm -hmm. there are a lot of buildings built after 1982 that are required to retool and renovate. But like, where does the money come for that? Like these small business owners, like, you know, they might get a quote and it could be like, you know, somewhere from like 10 to $40,000 to do an accessibility project, but like, do they necessarily have, you know, that enormous expenditure isn't going to increase their profitability. Right. So it's, it's, um, you know, to, to, to retool things that were built for able-bodied people to, to make them work for everybody is an expensive thing Absolutely. that needs to be done. And, hopefully we can find a way to sort of reconcile these things and, and get to a point where um, all the infrastructure, all the roads, all the buildings are, are um, optimized for everyone. Yeah, that's the dream, but, uh, but you're absolutely right. I mean, this, it, it's not a, it's not a small task at all. And it's, you know, it's one thing for us armchair, armchair warriors to, to say that we want it, but um, it's gotta be will and some, and a lot of dough. Yeah. Uh, to do it. I mean, you just think of how many, I mean, you know, it's interesting, um, Ryan, we talked to um, a brother and sister team in the UK. Uh, do you guys remember this? Uh, it was it was a few episodes ago, but... Um, that was Ewan's guide. That's right. And they, they were developing a, an internet site and an app to, to go along with it that sort of listed all the accessibility features of any given building in any given city um, just to get to, to give people a sort of a, a map to where you know so they would know where for example what pubs would have an accessible bathroom or what coffee shops you know were you know were sort of wheelchair friendly because there's not even an infrastructure to sort of to to dish out that information mm -hmm. let alone you know, for, for every single, you know, pub, pub or public space to have, um, you know, an accessible bathroom. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's, um, I, I guess it's what you might call information costs. Like, like you say, if, if there was some, you know, government project where they had everybody going to all these places to, and assess how accessible it is, like it's, it would just go that's an enormous enormous project um so it's I, I mean i do really like hearing things like that about sort of um you know the smartphone app social media tools um working very effectively to sort of minimize the sure. the enormous costs of just information about how accessible something is and that kind of stuff yeah, exactly. And, you know, we should say, too, that, you know, Google Maps is, is also, you know, made some efforts to... Yeah, mm -hmm. there's the Google Local Guide program yep. as well. Yeah. That's something people can sign up for, and it'll it'll ask some questions like, is there a wheelchair ramp here? Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So, yeah, strangely, it's not government that's doing it. It's private <laughs> industry. It's, yeah. It's, and it's, you know, yeah, crowdsource, right? Yeah. So... I did hear about... Um, a young woman in Toronto who did a, some sort of crowdsource based um, app that, that what it did is it allowed people to find out um, which like subway stations were accessible and which ones were not. 
Yeah, I think we heard of her. I think we actually tried to get her on the on the podcast. Oh, okay. I think. Yeah, well, uh, this is another example of just sort of for somebody with a disability living in Toronto, that would probably be enormously useful, I would think. Or even just anybody in a wheelchair who's like visiting for 10 days or something, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, and this may be a, a stupid loaded question, but I'm going to ask it anyways, because it's, it's our show and we can do it whatever we want. <laughs> but but give us an, an idea of, of how this has impacted your life, you know, going from from living at home to now, you know, living independently. How, how has it changed your life? Um. I don't think my life has been changed more significantly than than like any other decision I've made in, since turning 18, um, you know, and, and my life has improved for the better, you know, it's, it's um, uh, just the fact, you know what it is, is that it's, it's, um, you know, you, you sort of, you have this conversation with yourself, like, okay, if I'm going to live on my own, um, I'll have the caregiver thing figured out, but then how am I going to cook? Is the cooking and the meal prep going to come partly from the home care funds? You know, what about, what about physically going and purchasing groceries and stuff like that? Um, what about uh, if I become really sick and I'm, I'm, you know, vomiting or something and I can't clean it up? Like, How's so, you know, there's all these scenarios and all these right. difficulties. And then, you know, a, a place like Inclusio just sort of kind of gets rid of all that uncertainty. You know, it's, it's, um, it's like, cause the Alberta government is like, okay, we'll, we'll purchase a chair for you to use and we'll pay for, um, you know, staff to come in and help you with your, your, you know, bathing and dressing and whatever else, but all these other little day-to-day grind things like, you know, cooking and cleaning, we can't really, and when I say we, I mean the government, it's like, well, we can't really do everything for these people. So, um, you know, for the, for these community-based agencies like the Accessible Housing Society, in a lot of ways, they have really, really stepped up and sort of, you know, strived in really an exceptional way to sort of, you know, fill those service gaps that are, that are at least in Alberta systematically unmet. I don't know about BC or or other places in Canada, but. Yeah, it's, it's a good question. I mean, I'm not sure either, but, um, uh, you know, it's it's pretty similar in most other provinces. Yeah. 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 But I mean, you know, it's, you know, it hopefully other provinces can take the, the template that accessible, that accessible housing in Alberta has, has laid down and apply it. And we can see more of these uh, complexes um, springing up because uh, clearly and incredibly important. Well, I, you know, I saw a video of you earlier, Ryan, and uh, as you were uh, kind of tooling through the hallways of, uh, of the, your place and, uh, what impressed me the most of it, the most about it, was just that it was new and clean, and you know, um, you know, very well appointed. Um, a lot of the BC housing out here 
is old and run down and disgusting and yeah. uh, in serious need of some upgrading. So hopefully we'll see more more units like yours out here too. Yeah, well, I mean, and one of the things that I didn't really realize about like sort of how the world works in general is like, um, like physically building the building in Clusio it's an $11 million structure. So the Accessible Housing Society, like essentially just fundraised and fundraised and, and was able to come up with, um, with, you know, that they had to borrow for some of the money, but most of it they, they raised privately. And then the Alberta government steps in and uh, sort of, you know, helps to cover some of the operating uh, costs to, to run the building. But um, it's it's one of those things like even though the economy here in Alberta is sort of, you know, I mean, oil's at what, 60 something dollars a barrel. So it's, it's certainly not like it was when it was a hundred dollars a barrel, but um, I, I just think that it's, it's, um, you know, the, the, the sort of the randomness of private charities seem to play mm-hmm. quite a large role in the social safety net in general, right? I mean, it's, I, I don't know, but it, it could be that in certain areas of, of um, you know, BC or, or certain areas of Ontario, the, the communities may not be able to raise anywhere near or anything close to $11 million to build a, a big state-of-the-art structure like this one, right? It, yeah. It's, um, yeah, there's a lot of sort of random luck, I feel like. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of a lot of variables from province to province, for sure. And, and I mean, yep. even location to location. I mean, for example, you know, here in the Lower Mainland, uh, you, you know, land prices... Uh, are so expensive that building something like Inclusio, I mean, that would just be ridiculously expensive. There'd be no chance of any sort of a nonprofit being able to raise anywhere near the money to to build something like this. What you'd almost need is um, a rich person who owned a bunch of really valuable land to just donate to, like donate the land to charity. It's true. Yeah. So Jimmy Patterson, if you're listening, you know, <laughs> Michael Bublier, he lives here. Yeah. Uh, who else? Goldie well, Brian Adams. Brian Adams, Brian Sarah McLaughlin, David Foster. Make it a, an accessible play. Come on. <laughs> Every hockey player. Step up. <laughs> yeah. I would say that if there's anybody out here who's looking at maybe trying to develop some sort of app that will interface with with a bunch of smart hub hardware um you know there's certainly a need for other other providers to emerge other software platforms that will interface with all the hardware um you know right now urc is the only company that we know of that's even doing anything like where because what we want is we want one single app that will allow us to control everything, like the lights, the the TV, everything. So we we don't want to have to use a Lutron for the lights and then another app or something else. So 
any anyone who's out there who can go developing something like this, I would encourage you to to press forward and keep thinking about coding and how it's all going to work. Hopefully, one day it'll be successful. Perfect. Ryan, listen, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, it was great to talk to you. And uh, yeah, maybe we'll we'll uh, reach out again one day and uh, get an update and, and we'll see see what's going on. Thanks, guys. Take care. Well, that was cool. That was cool. That was that was interesting. I'm jealous. You want a fully automated suite, don't you? Totally. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's start working on that. Well, you could do it. Just go and start Sneak. buying yourself some switches and light bulbs. Yeah. But I mean, Ryan's so right, though. I mean, like even main trying to do that mainstream, it would be such a pain in the ass. You'd have oh, so it's many hundreds of thousands apps. of dollars. Well, not only that, yeah, you, you know, have, there's Crestron and Control for the do it, but you know, you are spending tons of money for an installer to come in and rewire so, everything. So I mean, the technology, it, you know, has advanced really far from where we were, but I mean, it still has a long ways to go in terms of making this really. Uh, streamlined and really, you know, mainstream. Because I also, we asked him about using the Echoes and Google Homes, and I didn't think that was going to be part of it either. Well, I think that, I got mm. the sense that that's an option for, like, you know, I I, get, I, I think that we should have, it should have been a follow-up question, but I, I was just curious to know if every single suite has a digital assistant in it. Like, if they right. get the choice when they move in, be like, okay, do you want a, do you want a home or do you want an Echo? Right. Um, and they and they just can choose, or uh, there might be some people who don't even didn't even want that yeah. that aspect of it. But the sense that I got is that you could control it all from your smartphone right. to the app, but it's just easier using oh, something sure. like an Echo and a yeah. home. And that's yeah. that's kind of what Ryan was was doing. Is right. it was a lot easier. So yeah, uh, fascinating stuff. I I really wish we had something like that here. And even then, you know, 45 units, that's not a lot. No. no. That's 45, like out of how many people well, that probably could like, use it. You know, he, he said something very, very true, too, and, and that's once people get in there, they're not going to leave. No. no, of course not. You know, those those spaces are going to be full, and, you know, the next time one of them opens up, it's probably going to be because somebody, you know, maybe had some sort of medical problem and right. had to be moved on to a higher, higher level of care. But right. th those are going to be few and far between. That's right, so, yeah. Yeah. Well, we keep hearing about, you know, like our, even our provincial government, you know, more low income housing being built and made available, but you never hear anything about accessible housing. Yeah. Never. No. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a, it's a drop in the bucket. I mean, it's, it's a step forward, but, uh, you know, we, we need a lot more of it. Shout it from the rooftops. Okay. Can you get a ladder? Uh, yeah, I got a ladder somewhere. Okay. I don't know. He's he's got a pretty tall roof. Can we, can we, can we maybe shout it from you know the garage top or something? I don't yeah. have a garage. I'll climb on top of the dumpster in your parking lot. <laughs> That'll work. That's good. That'll work. Um. Hey, Ryan. Yes, sir, Mister Rob Mano. Where can people find us? They can find us at atbanter.com. When are we just going to record it? one version of this. So I don't know, but you've mentioned that in. multiple times. I know, but, but I also feel like maybe people love this part. You know what? If, if you love, if the outro is your favorite part of the show because we get real wacky, email us and let us know whether you want us to do it live or you just want to 
they might listen to this part of the show because they never know what's going to come at the end. There that's, could be an Easter egg. That's true. Right? You never know what, what's going to be said at this because we just want to get out of here and we'll say anything. <laughs> Chocolate? Could be. Uh, mm. They can also drop us an email, uh, atbanterpodcast at gmail.com. That is true, but you know what else they can do? Nope. What? They can get us on Facebook and they can get us on Twitter. Yeah. 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 Ryan. Do they? No. Why don't you? <laughs> Get on that, people. You're supposed to like Be us on iTunes, too. our friend. Yeah. I don't... I actually wonder how many people are using iTunes to listen to podcasts anymore. You know what? Yeah, There's so many know. different apps out there, there that you, who knows. Yeah. Whichever one you got, like us on it. That's right. Yeah. Like us, friend us, follow us, tweet us, Instagram us, Pinterest us. Yeah. Send us money. <laughs> you can do whatever you want. Patreon us. Oh, wait, we don't have Patreon. Well, we can, oh, well, uh, that's, a, that's a topic <laughs> for later. We have to get, if trouble with the Patreon accounts, you have to give people stuff. What are we going to, what are we going to offer people up that would in exchange for our Patreon? Oh, I'll give free noogies. I got a box of business cards. <laughs> we'll punch Ryan in the shoulder for, for every $10. We'll send out AT banter guitar picks. Ooh, there you what go. About, fancy. Okay. That's an idea. All right. Anyways, we'll talk about that <laughs> later. Uh, well, where were we? Canadian Assistive Technology. Let's talk about that. Yeah. That's a great company. Yep. Uh, right here. Uh, Love those guys. Where, where you, the heck? Yeah. Where would what, you find those guys? Well, all of them are in this room right now. That's true. Yeah. That's right. If a meteor hit this house, <laughs> that would be it. Boom goes Canadian Assistive Technologies. Done. Well, we really all shouldn't be at the same place at the same time. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. Canadian Assistive Technologies, that's that uh, company that specializes in accessibility, including stuff for low vision and blindness and physical di disabilities, all kinds of neat gadgetry. Uh, that can be found at www.canastech.com. That's spelled exactly the way you'd think it would be. And uh, Canadian... And others? No. no, it's Canadian Assistive Technology. No, I was going to say Chaos Technical <laughs> Services. You think he was going to say that? I think so. Yeah, I, I bet. You know, you're probably mind. right. You're probably right on that. There. <laughs> so that, that Chaos Technical Services then, uh, that uh, that's those guys who repair stuff. Yeah, that would be Mr. Rick Chant. They mm -hmm. fix things. And anything that's assistive technology and broke should go to those guys, and they can be found at chaostechnicalservices.com which, honestly, that's just too long. Yep. But it is spelled exactly the way you'd think. And uh, you can uh, also get them uh, by email at uh, chaos tech, uh, or no, no. Chaos technical services at shaw.ca. No. No? Uh, no, not even close. No, not no, even I close, think it's, no. uh, what is it? Uh, <laughs> uh, Chaostech at shaw.ca. Shaw there you go. Yeah. Just, it, yeah. Chaos, C-H-A-O-S, tech. T-E-C-H at Shaw, S-H-A-W dot C-A. Anything you can fix, he can fix better. That's for sure. I can't even fix uh, <laughs> my towel rack at home broke. Your what? TV's still crooked. Let's wrap this up so I can go fix myself. <laughs> All, right, <a> <laughs> yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening in yet again, and we'll see everybody. This podcast has been brought to you by Canadian Assistive Technology, providing low vision and blindness solutions across Canada. Find us online at www.canastech.com. That's C-A-N-A-S-S-T-E-C-H dot com. Or call us toll free at 1-844-795-8324. 
For all your assistive technology servicing needs, call Chaos Technical Services at 778-847-6840 or find them online at chaostechnicalservices.com. Music provided by bensound.com. Whoa, look at that. Master of the one take.